Okay, so, okay, so, okay, so, can the natives speak? Let, 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 let the natives speak. You, you are now on the block with the natives. We got the receipts. Yeah, y'all and we play. This is barbershop. I'm right here. I'm at the barbershop, and I keep the same energy every time. Same What's going on, y'all? Welcome to Native Speaks. This is the Hero Edition because we have we have our our, our 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 local and global heroes here. Heroes among us. Uh, among us. And uh, so, I mean, please help us understand who we have at the table. All here, right, brother. to my left, I have the wonderful Dr. Jarvis J. Williams. <laughs> yes. Um, he is an associate professor of New Testament interpretation at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah. He is the author of numerous books and articles, including Christ Died for Our Sins and Removing the Stain of Racism from the Southern Baptist Convention. He also... Uh, he also regularly preaches and lectures throughout the country. Yes, indeed. Thank yes. you so much Thank for joining for us. Here, thanks for Doctor. Yeah, Doc. um, to our right, the man who really needs no introduction at all. <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> uh, pastor Daryl Williamson. Um, since 2010, he's been the lead pastor of Living Faith Bible Fellowship in Tampa, Florida. Um, he serves on the Leadership Council of the Gospel Coalition. Uh, and uh, he often speaks on racial, racial reconciliation, biblical justice, spiritual formation, and ethics. Ethics. He unfortunately grew up in Nashville. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. Shout out to Nashville. Uh, he's also a, so a software ex uh, executive, uh, and he has lectured globally on technology and business performance. Uh, and our pastor has been married to the first lady, um, uh, Julie, for 29 years. They have two adult children. Thank you all so much for joining us. Thank yes. you. Um, amen, amen, amen. Yes. So I actually am going to direct this question to you, Jarvis. So um, one of the things that we're passionate about at Native Speaks, and I'm sure some of our natives know this, and I know that some of the things that you guys are passionate about as well is justice. Mm. Um, and we like to think of our justice as coming from a biblical framework. Um, so for you, how do you distinguish the justice in which we fight for as believers mm. from justice movements that may be happening just throughout the world? Mm -hmm. So we know that we there, there's a bunch of us Christians and non-Christians uh, that are talking about issues of justice, but how does the Christian talking about these issues of justice differ from the way that they may go about doing it, those who don't may not know Christ? Yeah, it's yeah. a great question. I think it's, it's fair to admit that there are non-Christians mm -hmm. who, who fight for, work for, uh, justice and who engage in anti-racism. Mm -hmm. right. But I think what I try to do and what many of us uh, at this table, what we're trying to do is offer a distinctly Christian um, view of justice. Yeah. Amen. So for me as a Christian, mm -hmm. I ground everything that I say about the gospel or, or any issue in the cross and the resurrection of Jesus. Yeah. And right. I think about what's the foundational reason to why I care about uh, those who are marginalized is because Jesus, a Jewish marginalized man, mm -hmm. the God man, right. died on the cross, resurrected from the dead. Uh, but on the cross, he absorbed the wrath of God for red and yellow, black and white, all precious in his sight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He ended right. the wrath of God against the sinner uh, who has faith in Jesus by, by faith. And God raised him from the dead and has raised him to reign victoriously over all things in heaven and, and on the earth. Yes. And that includes injustice. Right. He reigns right. over injustice, which means he is sovereign over the principalities and powers of the air, uh, earthly and demonic rulers. Yes. 
Secondly, however, mm-hmm. his death and resurrection speaks to this horizontal reality. Mm-hmm. So right. vertically, I'm made right with God by faith in Jesus because of the cross and the resurrection, because of his penal, and hear that, mm. his penal substitutionary death. Yes, yes, yes. That he is doing something to the sin problem, right. and God's doing something to Jesus because of the sin problem so that I will not be counted as a sinner. That's yes, right. Yes. But there's also something horizontally happening, which is, is through the cross of Jesus and the resurrection, Jews and Gentiles are being reconciled to God and to each other. So right. there's a horizontal component to what God is doing in Christ. But then thirdly, there's a cosmological component to uh, the gospel or mm-hmm. to the work of Christ, which is, is that Jesus, yes, deals with the individual sin problem. Yes, he reconciles individuals to one another, but he's also taking back the cosmos. He's taking back from Adam mm-hmm. what Adam lost in the garden. Right. Mm-hmm. And he is reconciling the entire cosmos to himself. Yeah, one right. example of that is in Galatians chapter 1, verse 4, mm-hmm. Paul talks about Jesus dying to deliver us. Yes. Which I think is Exodus language. Yeah. Mm, right. Mm. From the present evil age. Yes. Right, right. It's interesting there. He doesn't say he died to deliver us from God's wrath. Yes. That's Romans, Romans. 3, mm. 21 to, uh, to 5, verse 11. That's there. Right. But he emphasizes to deliver us from the present evil age. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, right? Mm. Uh his redemption of us from the curse of the law gives us the spirit, Galatians chapter 3, mm-hmm. verse 14, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Jews and Gentiles by faith in Christ, because of the cross, we have the spirit. Yes. You move further throughout chapter 5, verse 13 in Galatians, Paul talks about because we have this freedom which comes through Christ and the spirit, we right. ought to love one another. Yes. Amen. 514, love your neighbor. Amen. Fulfills the whole law, Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18, right? And then chapter 5, verse uh, 16, Paul says, walk in the spirit. Yes, yes, yes. yes. And you shall by yes. no means fulfill the lust of the flesh. So notice what he's done. He says, the cross and the resurrection of Jesus, 1, 4, 3, 13, gives the spirit which empowers you to love your neighbor. Yes, right. yes, yes. Which gives you a glimpse of the future kingdom that has already mm. invaded the present evil age right now. Mm. Therefore... <laughs> I'm getting to the to the combination Take your of this time, answer. Bishop. No, go Therefore, ahead. Therefore, when I walk in the Spirit, I am mm. living out the reality of what God has done for me in Christ. And walking in the in the Spirit means yes, I fight against my individual sins, Amen. but I also love my neighbor, which is why Paul talks about these vices that we don't commit in That's chapter right. five, sixteen, mm, twenty-five. Yes, some yes. of which are these vices that affect us socially. You see, yeah, right? So here's the point that I'm making. Uh, what's different about what I'm saying mm-hmm. versus these other justice movements? Well, I'm grounding everything in the cross and the resurrection of Jesus, right. which does not end with the individual sinner being saved. It is part of that and begins with that, but it stretches into this horizontal and, and, and cosmological reality, which requires me then, therefore, to live out that reality in my concern for the orphan, the widow, the neighbor, inside the church and outside of the church. Right. Mm-hmm. So that this issue then I would argue is not is not simply uh, Pastor D. I know he's a math guy. And he likes the word implication. Implication. <laughs> I'm not a math guy, so I get nervous <laughs> when uh, when folks talk about implications. But I think the idea of loving neighbor is part of this gospel reality right. of what God has done for us in Christ, and that gospel reality includes doing what is right, which is justice. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, when we talk about divine justice, right, that's God retributively paying back yes. the sinner what he deserves, which is God's wrath. Yes, right. That's right. right. But when we're talking, and, and God also does what is right by means of caring for the orphan and the widow. But when we're talking about human justice, we care about what's right, and the Spirit empowers us to do that, and the gospel compels us to do that, mm. I would argue. Right. Yeah. 
That's right. good. That's your question. That's what we need to give yes. an invitation yes. now. Uh, <laughs> everybody, close your eyes and bow your head. That's good. Yeah, I love that. I love how you pointed out also how the gospel doesn't necessarily just end with salvation. Mm. It's a part of it, mm. but that it, it also goes beyond that into loving your neighbor. Into yeah, I think that yeah. that's great. Amen. Which yeah. is gospel that's implications. Gospel implications. Gospel Amen. Implications. Yeah. Yes, that's really important too. Because I think uh, <laughs> when these conversations take place, we start talking about racial reconciliation. In a lot of folks' minds, people start getting uh, into camps. Mm-hmm. And in their mind, they start to say, okay, you must be with those type of people. You must be with those type of people. And, and you use words like, like justice, for example. And some folks may hear that as, ah, here comes the, mm-hmm. the liberal or the anti-gospel you know, positions. I think it's tribal. And it, it becomes very tribal and, and political sometimes. But what's important, without even working through all of uh, the ins and outs of that, because you know, justice is a word that, that needs to belong to our God, needs to belong to God's people. That, that it isn't something that 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 you know a side can run off with. This is uh, justice is something that that sort of flows out of the heart of, of God and His character. Uh, but one of the things that I appreciate is. We need ministries and, and voices like the, the ones that, that, that exist here on Native Speaks to, to stand up and say we don't at all want to communicate anything that uh, is leaving out the gospel. We, mm-hmm. th- there is no um, uh, meritous or redemptive uh, anti-gospel justice movement in, in our mind. Right. We, we mm-hmm. only align ourselves mm-hmm. with that that keeps Christ at the center. And a lot of right. the conversation that we've had, even within our camp, as folks have, have become more woke in the last several years, is resisting that urge to want to get your discipleship from people, your discipleship around these issues from people who, who don't love and care about Jesus to, to want to only align yourself with. I'm mm-hmm. all for co-belligerence, but I'm saying only align yourself yes. with those who, who uh, have forgotten about Jesus, don't cherish Jesus and things mm-hmm. of that nature mm-hmm. because you're so sick of the way the church has dealt with mm-hmm. these issues in the past where you begin to blow those things up in your mind and then you will forgive any of the the issues that those who don't want Jesus they may have all sorts of things you disagree with but you would rather align yourself with them than to be accounted with God's people we want to be clear mm-hmm. that we want to be counted with the gospel Amen. we want to be counted with God's people with all her ugliness and imperfections right. we are there for her purity mm-hmm. her maturity and what we do here on this program exists for that right. and we thank you guys for Amen. underscoring that and always helping to bring us back to that place mm-hmm. and let these issues flow out of a cross-centered perspective. Right, Amen. right. Amen. It's good. Pastor D, um, with all that being said, um, there still is the, the urge in many of our brothers and sisters mm-hmm. to say, I don't care. This is some James Cone social gospel mm-hmm. crap. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you... What would you say to the person that even hears us saying some of the things they like, but when they start hearing this push towards how the gospel has implications for social issues, uh, they get finicky, offended, uh, and and, and accusational. Hmm. How, How do you sort of counsel that sort of perspective. Yeah, I mean so it's, so first of all everything that Jarvis said was right on I echo all of that. Yeah. Um, I think that so just the whole implication thing for a quick moment. This yes, is kind of yes. clean it up for a quick Take second. Take your time. Uh, cuz I think that I think for a, a lot of us who are concerned about 
the essentiality of justice in the gospel. As we take the gospel to the world, we're concerned about brokenness. Yeah. We're concerned about injustices necessarily because of who God is and his concern for those folks who are victims. Right. right. We want to make sure that everybody understands it's essential. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That this is not something mm-hmm. that is optional. It's not something that's secondary. And right. so... So often we think, when we think of implications of the gospel, we mean simply it is something that comes afterwards. Right, right, yes. right, right. 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 Yes, so yes, that this yes. thing flows into this. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when I say, as a math guy, what, what I mean is that an implication means it is a necessity of. Right, right, right. Yeah. right. It means you mm-hmm. can't have one without the other. Right, so right, an implication right. means yeah. that the existence of this entails the existence. If that goes away, then that doesn't exist. Say yes. that. Yes, and yes. So, so that, that's kind of what, what's meant there. It has nothing to do with... Uh, with priority, it really has mm. to do with coexistence right, and the right, fact right. that yeah, yeah. there's really kind of a, uh, an equivalence there. Right. And I think in sharing with those who doubt it, yes, um, I think that uh, one is to help them to see that. So we just did the Rise City Summit, right? And one of the things that we tried to do is to make it very clear that there is a core ethical profile of God's righteousness. Yeah. Right. I can't think about God being righteous without thinking about Him. Ethically, yeah. So God's character, seen in what God does. Yes. yes. A part of what God does, He acts toward those who are being victimized by sin. Right. That's His righteousness. Right, right, right. So the cross is the fullest expression of that. Right. We're victimized by sin. Ultimately, God shows His righteousness and righteousness in saving us and vanquishing those. Who victimize? Right? That's yes, why yes. you know Satan and his angels mm-hmm. will be tossed mm-hmm. into the abyss. That is the final justice. Yes, right. yes. Mm-hmm. But from a character profile standpoint, God is just. Mm-hmm. Just right there. Mm-hmm. And so, and I think that if we're talking to the believers, a fair question to ask is: Is that God's character address? Mm-hmm. Is He mm-hmm. just? Mm-hmm. We see that in Scripture. Do we see Him acting justly in a and? Concern for those who are victims of injustice. Right. Mm-hmm. If we can agree to that, before we talk about whether it's the gospel, what's the church's mission? Yeah. Set that aside for a moment. Okay. Uh-huh. Where's God? Yes. And so if we can find where God is, let's just start there. Because they would be right in the sense if God is not there, if God is like, mm-hmm. I'm not concerned with injustice and victimization today because I'll deal with that in the eschaton. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Is that a yeah. true statement? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, we need, yes, God has an eschatological plan, mm-hmm. but is that, does that mean his concern for those who are lacking is on pause until then? Mm-hmm. And so does God, I think another way of asking that question is, does God have a, an ethical program yeah. for this age? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think he does. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think the existence of the law, even, let's go, let's go to Romans 13, which is everyone's favorite <laughs> reason to, uh, why we should not say anything against the, uh, the current administration, right? Yeah. And so does not, is not the law and government God's, God showing his hand that he does have an ethical concern <laughs> for this age. Right, yeah, yeah. right. So for now. <laughs> right. And so not for the eschaton. Yes, for the eschaton, but that's different. Then, then it is an ethical like uh, ontology, right? There, there's nothing unethical in, that, in, in the eschaton. But now right. there's government. Yeah. And so all these things are indicated of God's character, plan, direction, mode, means of doing things. Yeah. Here we are, God's people. Yes. And so the question for us is, for us is if God is concerned about justice, then should we? Yes, and so That's I think I, th- I think I think it begins That's, there, yeah. and then we can talk about well, what are the implications of not doing justice? That's, that's a different issue, not math implication, but yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. The, the yeah, other yeah, the yeah, flow yeah, out yeah, implication. Yeah, yeah. Can, I, right. can I add a bit to the, to the part of the question about about Cone? 
I'm not convinced that that everyone who critiques what he just said and what I've said as being black liberation theology, I'm not convinced they've even read Cone. Mm. Yes. The most I think, yeah. I think yeah. often people pick up these sort of sound bites from other people and they just attach a label to folks who are saying some things that are right, but they don't like what they're saying. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So I think if you look at Cone's work, and I haven't read everything that Cone has written. I'm not a James Cone scholar, but I have read some stuff. Yeah. I think... Uh, Cone is fundamentally different in his black liberation theology mm-hmm. approach mm-hmm. from what we're saying. Yeah, right, uh, right. With, with Cone, the, the cross is uh, pe- doctrines like penal substitutionary atonement and justification by faith. These are critiqued by him as being abstract, Eurocentric yeah. doctrines that don't help oppress black people. Mm. Um, and he prioritizes the the gospel as as like social liberation from social oppression. Yes. Right, right, and, right. And uh, he prioritizes the teachings of, of Jesus, of course. And I think Cone uh, is reacting, quite frankly. You got to read Cone in context. Yeah, yeah. Cone right. is reacting to, I think, white supremacists who believed in biblical inerrancy, who believed in uh, doctrines that we think are biblical, mm-hmm. but they hated the Negro. Wow. Yes. wow. And James Cone is looking around at his social situation and he's saying, uh, on the one hand, you have these Christians, these so called Christians who are claiming to be Christians and they love the Bible, but they are uh, white supremacists in how they're treating uh, black bodies. Mm. Right. So then in his social location, he's writing a resistant theology to liberate the black person, to give the black person dignity. That's wow. his context. That's his context. And so we want to read Cone with, uh, with charity as we're able to read him and try to understand his social situation. We should all Always read folks with whom we disagree. By the way, yeah. uh, with charity, we yes. should always seek to understand them and represent them fairly. But what he is saying is fundamentally different from what we're saying. And quite frankly, I think when folks attach the Black Liberation theology label to people who ground justice in the cross and the resurrection, those folks are simply saying, "I want to shut these black folks up," mm. yes. or these brown and yellow and white folks who are in solidarity with sure. them on this mm. issue. I think that's just code for yeah. um, be quiet, shut up, and stay yeah. in your place. Yes. Quite mm. frankly, yes, mm. yeah, that's powerful. Yes, yes, that is powerful. I, uh, would, you, would you agree with that? Oh, oh yes. I totally agree with that. It's powerful. Agree. Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to. Um, I want to go back to something real quick that you said too, Pastor Darrell, about uh, the mathematical implication uh-huh. uh, <laughs> in distinction to the sort of like gospel culture implication. Right. Yeah. Typically, when we when we use flow out of or implies language, um, you know, indicatives type of thing, um, it is sometimes a secondary thing. It's lesser. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's, yeah. it's it, you, you should yeah. do it, but if it's not there, don't it's think that God is going to be bothered. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> if we can go back to something that, uh, so uh, I am, uh, actually both of us are members at uh, Pastor Dale's church, uh, part of the lead team, and I serve there. Uh, so last Sunday, you you talked about um, the our judgment moment where we stand before God and there's this sort of conversation, and we see that in Scripture, that there's these conversations at the throne of God where people mm-hmm. are saying, God's saying his part, and then, then, then the person being judged says their part. Mm-hmm. And, and when, we, when we think about some of the, the, the issues where, uh, of people's suffering, and, and we see in our community, we, we see, uh, you know, especially the situations around uh, citizenship and immigration and things of that nature, or we see it, obviously, in all the racial uh, reconciliation conversations, we see that though we're talking about it, people are hurting, they are mm. bleeding, they're vulnerable, right. they are suffering. Mm. Right. And when we stand before God, 
We have to give an account for why it is we thought their suffering didn't mean as much right, right, as other things. Right. A lot of times, especially to your, to your to your just shut up and stay in your place point, a lot of times some of the pushback that we get is not coming from people who are saying, listen, I'm active out here sharing the gospel with people, and I just don't see what you're saying is relevant. It really just comes from people who aren't doing anything yeah. but mm. but critiquing right. and, and having issues with your tweets right. or, or whatever. It's not like they're, they have some, some other... Um, uh, activity that they're involved in yeah. that's that's you know that they're seeing that this whole justice stuff doesn't mean anything mm-hmm. uh but yeah, they can see that in a field it doesn't mean yeah anything, in the field is it yeah, yeah but but mm-hmm. but but what you see is people sometimes speak from their inactivity and they're wanting to not have a responsibility so when you say the implication thing from a mathematical level which which means that that if if it's not if you don't you can say if you don't have one you don't have the other that's right. can one say that they know God. Let me say one more thing. Let me ask my You're question. Good. You're good. We had a conversation one time, and it was me and I, me and some other folks in there too. And and folks who were on the other side of the debate looked at us and said, are you saying that God is on your side in this and he's not on our side? And nobody wanted to get up and say, yes, heck yes, I think he's on my side, not on your side. We don't want to seem, seem arrogant. <laughs> but I, I do, and I'm not trying to suggest that or get anyone to say that here, but I do want to ask hmm. If I am apathetic about the suffering of God's people mm-hmm. and then those who are suffering in the world around us, if I'm apathetic, but I'm, 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 I'm at church, I mean, I, I, I read Piper's books, I, I'm at the conferences, but I don't, I'm just not stirred in mm-hmm. compassion. Do I have a faith crisis or maybe an understanding crisis? But can you just speak to good. just the, how much wiggle room do I have to not care? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's really good. So, so thanks for asking that. Because yeah. I, I think I think what you're really asking is what are the what is the significance spiritually of not loving? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and right. I, I think the Bible is very unambiguous on that. So, if I don't love, either I don't know God, I don't know Him as I ought. Mm-hmm. It's one or the other. Yeah. Yes. Now, so if, if I take the latter for a moment, it is possible that I've been trained and developed in a way to build a kind of desensitivity for certain things because someone has said to me the way we love the world is simply by sharing the gospel with them but as I'm exposed to their pains and sufferings and situations and circumstances that should begin to act on my heart and affect my concern Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. I think that with Mm -hmm. the spirit of God God is love yes the Bible is very clear if we say we love God and don't love our brother we lie and the truth is not in us yeah and so if I am indifferent or apathetic. That is a God problem. And mm. by that I mean the presence of God. It implies the absence of God. Right. Because God is love. If his spirit dwells in me, I may not know what to do. I may ask, Pastor, should we do something about this? I may say, Brothers, can we? What are our options? All right. these kinds of things would be asked. But what would not be there must not be there. We see no case biblically of anyone seeing suffering and being unmoved. Mm, right. And so God sees the suffering of his people in Egypt, and it moves him. Yeah. And so, so I, th- I think that the cries of those who are suffering affects the ears and hearts of God's people, mm. and they will invariably respond if the Spirit of God lives in them. And I think that if we're not moved by that, no amount of of supposed orthodoxy mm-hmm. can account for that absence 
of what looks to be the presence of God. Wow. And so, so I, I think we have to biblically, we have to say, you know what? The Bible is very clear about what it means to be one of his. This yeah. is how we are. We love because he loves. And if we don't do that, yes, we can assume that, that that's a God problem. Wow. And so I can't, I can't make you safe. Yeah. Like, for example, just real quick, there was a comment made today Take during time. the service yeah. about R.L. Dabney. Yes. Okay, so R.L. Dabney, who builds a full, fully fleshed out uh, um, defense of human oppression. Let's just call it that. Yeah. Right. Okay. Full, uh, full worked out, thought through, written defense of it. slavery. Yeah. yeah. Um, how do I now see meaningful truth and orthodoxy in anything? I, I struggle with anything. Now, to, yeah, to the right. degree that, that Jesus says, you know, okay, you can listen to the Pharisees, but don't do what they do. Yeah. But that's really a judgment against them. Wow, right. Wow, wow, wow. He's not saying, well, there's some utilitarian value here. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. He's saying, I'll concede what you think about the truth of what they're saying. He's really saying it's a hypocrisy. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what he's saying. He's not saying, mm-hmm. listen it's to okay. them. It's okay, yeah. He's saying they're wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what he's saying. I think we have to say the same thing right. about those who build a kind of truth construct that excludes a concern for people. Yeah. And address those things any way we can. Yeah. So oh, that's good. Right. Yeah, that's the good. only caveat I would give would be is that I think there's space for genuine believers to have to grow into these things. Yes. Right. Get awakened. Yeah. Uh, I mean, no, no one is. Uh, Pastor T said at the conference, no one is is as woke as he or she might think. Right. 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 We all struggle with degrees of of wokeness or right. obedience right, right, to, right. to the gospel right. in areas that we need to be obedient. And I think one thing I want to do is not make a judgment mm. decision about a person's spiritual status because right, right. I don't know that person's spiritual status right, right. other than that person's obedience, you see. Right, right, right. But that person can be obedient in other areas of his or her life, right. even if that person is a little bit slow on the progress in with regard to concern about the marginalized or those who are suffering injustice. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm with Pastor Darrell on what he said, but I also want to just hold out the reality that there are Christians who need to have a second awakening, if you will, awakened to this new life in Christ That's right. is the first one, right. and then awakened to these realities that uh, prioritize loving neighbor right, and right, not right. just caring about your own individual spiritual posture before the Lord. That's right. important. Yeah. Right. But the gospel is holistic. It transforms us individually, but also there's something cosmological uh, that God is doing in Christ by the power of the Spirit, and some Christians just need time to grow into that. That's right. That's right. So when you talk about being moved, I think being moved is moved to actions, uh, to action, and then the emotions might have to catch up with the actions, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, do you agree with that? Yeah, and I agree. Maybe with that. even the other I, way I, around, I, too. Yeah, I, I think yeah, that, yeah. for example, one of the things that which I thought was excellent at Arise City that Chris Brooks said that was very, very helpful, he really laid out kind of a progression. Like, how do we really get to, let's just call it a transformative mission, uh-huh. right? And so he talked about uh, beginning with learning. And I think what that says is that there's an encounter I have with the word, someone teaches me, it's a key part of my discipleship process. And, that, and so where the, the word of God is open to me, uh, and I, I see where God is. Yeah. I'm learning. Mm-hmm. Then he talked about lament. And I, and I think that the key aspect for us when we're confronted with what, both what the word of God says and also what we see in the lives of people is that there is a brokenness that should emerge in us mm-hmm. through the combination of both mm-hmm. uh, illumination okay, right. and observation. So yeah, those two right. things come together should stir the heart of God's people. And that may not happen overnight, but I will say this as an aside and as a warning to those who find comfort 
and not responding. Mm-hmm. Is that when the Bible talks about sin, it talks about it in a whole variety of ways. Many of us, all believers, in our weakness, will yield to sin. There, yeah. we, we will regret it. We beat ourselves up. We condemn ourselves. Uh, and we need to be reminded of the gospel not to condemn ourselves. Right. But there's wickedness. Mm-hmm. And so I think Paul talks about in Romans 1, reprobation. Mm. And so defending what's wrong mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is not a good place to be. Right. Right. Yep. And, and, and there yep. are many yep. people, we have to be able to discern the difference between yep. weakness and wickedness. Yep. Right. And yep. So, yep. so I think we want to help those yep. Yep. who are struggling graciously. Yes. And yes. we want to directly warn and confront those yep. who are wicked. And sometimes they, the conversation of the wicked can also lead to repentance. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I think Jonah mm-hmm. to Nineveh is a word to the wicked, not to the weak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. But it was a word given to them with the goal for repentance. But I think even for those who have a measure of resistance, they need to hear sternly. Yes. We, we can't come to them with kid gloves. If someone's going to talk to Ariel Dabney, they need to say, brother, <laughs> yes. there's right. no space in heaven for what you're saying. Yeah. Right. Okay? Yeah. And, and doing. So, and, and doing. So it's yeah. what yeah. you're doing. Yeah. So you need to understand, however comfortable you feel, I'm yeah. saying to you that that is not godlike. And don't think you're going to take that attitude, attitude into the kingdom. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. no one enter there with that kind of hatred. And so he needs to hear that yes. and be jolted by that. Right. And then so I just go very quickly back to Chris Brooks. After lament that he called the leadership, but it implies really intentional action. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. so not everybody gets there. And I think one of the things I hear what, what Jarvis is saying is that it can be difficult for folks to get to real, consistent, active, like work, ministry, mission. Right. But if I don't get into, into lament, something's wrong there. Yeah. Right. If yeah. I learned and said, huh, that's interesting. Oh, they're dying. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And then just kind of mm-hmm. go back to my, you know, video game or back to yeah. my yeah. ball game. Right. That's a real concern. That's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And there needs to be a, yeah. when we talk to them and urge them, mm-hmm. we're, we're preaching the gospel to them, right? Yeah. Right. We, we, the reason why Dabney should stop right. writing yeah, right. those treatises right. is because God in Christ has acted. Mm-hmm. He offered his son, raised him from the dead. The cosmos has been transformed. That's right. right. We get a glimpse of that now as the Spirit is poured out on you, on those who believe the gospel. Right. And so Dabney or anybody else, quite frankly, uh, in my tradition, uh, James P. Boyce, uh, you need not to have slaves because this is antithetical to what God has done for us in Christ. To dehumanize someone is anti-gospel. Amen. And we compel you to stop, you see. Yes. Yes. And and Jesus is coming back. Yes. And so the question is, I guess the question is, when he comes back, when Jesus comes back, how does he deal with slaveholders? Mm-hmm. That's the question. So I, I, I think the thing. Oh boy. So, so here's our responsibility. I think. Yeah. I think right. that. I, mean, I think about Paul and his kind of comments to the Ephesian elders. He's going to leave. He says clearly, "Listen, no one's blood is, is on my hands because I've not withheld from you the whole counsel of God." Yes. So we can't. We, we don't want to throw flame balls at people and condemn them prematurely sure, 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 because sure. we're not God. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Right. But it is important. It is vital that those who who hear us understand God's promise to judge. That is, just as much as we bring the good news of the gospel, we also bring the bad news of judgment. Those two things are brought together, which takes us to the good news of the gospel. Mm -hmm. I don't want to withhold that inside or outside the church. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so in the church, I want to speak prophetically Mm -hmm. and say to any slaveholders, 
he, or adulterers, That's right. or whatever yeah. they liars, are, right. are liars, fornicators, <laughs> <laughs> thieves. Hear yeah. ye, hear ye. Those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom. Right. And so we have to say that very resolutely. It's not, this is not our project. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're stewards of this. We're right. called to this. The king gives us this. Mm -hmm. right. And so we can't really, we can't adapt this to any kind of like, let's just call it a kind of genteel culture. Mm. We don't want to be offensive. We don't want, that's not, that's not our goal. Yeah. Eternity's at stake. Right. Yes. Eternity's at stake. And so if you are a slaveholder, defender of a slaveholder, if you're going to stand in front of the people of God, and tell them slavery was no big deal. I think it's a real problem. Right? Yeah. I, I think I think it's I'm not going to make you comfortable in that, nor will I be the judge. Right. Yeah. And so yeah, yeah. all I can that's say is that, yeah, yeah, that's, that's good. Right. He's that's coming. That's right. Jesus is coming back. Yeah. And there's no time to figure it out. At that point, there's there's, there's no you can't process it. Yeah. We can't let me just understand where you were from. No. Jesus, there'll be no it's, it's not like it's, it's like two-way communication. Mm -hmm. At the judgment, I'm convinced we will listen, mm. right. mm. and I think it will be revealed. Mm. Mm -hmm. There'd be no explanation because it's all revealed, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I'll need to give context because it's all right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and so and the Lord will see it even more deeply than we ever saw it, right? Yep. And so and all we will hear is welcome or depart. Yep. Yep. And yep. at that point, as they say, it's too late. Yeah, and we, I say that with fear. Yeah. Right, and, and we all need to kind of see that in a very severe and stern way. No, that's right. real good. Yeah. Right, yeah. right, yeah. Um, I think that I think it, it's it's crazy because I can hear people saying, "Well, of course, you guys are talking about slaveholders. We don't believe that mm -hmm. they're gonna that that that's safe for you to do and inherit the kingdom of God." But what does that have to do with what's going on right now? Slavery is over. Mm -hmm. Right, so because that's me and KP yeah. have been yeah, told yeah, that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. R.L. Dabney, yeah, we'll we'll give you that too, because that was a little shaky. We disagree with what he did, but what does that have to do with where I'm at right now mm -hmm. and what you're saying about police brutality mm -hmm. or mass incarceration? Mm. Can, right? can and I I just want to so, oh no, go, ahead, go, no, go ahead go ahead I'm sorry I, so one of the things that was said um, at the conference that was good is that I think it was the BD who said that mm -hmm. the same type of uh, R.L. Dabney yes. um, uh, attitudes mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh, and you can I, some folks call them blind spots, but when right. you think about the witness of 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 God's people around some of these people saying, uh, yes. "Don't do this," and your contemporaries are saying, "This is not a good. This Bible's against this." Right, and standing up against them. It's right. early, and think about the Presbyterian right. tradition. You know, with your boy George Bourne, like, "Yo, the, the Virginia man, we can't do this. Right. You can't be a member here. You should. You can't be at God's table." So there was witnesses. Well, maybe it wasn't a blind spot. Maybe it was, but that same sort of. Um, you know, rejection of God's revelation right. is still current. Yes, I mean it. It, it follows fallenness. Right, and and he, what was posed to us, and I don't know if it was the BD, but it was it was a thought that I left with, um, is that we do need to assess where are the areas where we have some Dabney like, yes, um, you know. Characteristics, yeah. right. And, right? And judgment begins with the household right. of God first, yeah. right? Right. So, right. Right. so it's easy yeah. for us to <clears throat> criticize those out there. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. Let's yes. just talk about the issues I have in my own heart. That's right. right. Like right. I am mm -hmm. not. Um, 
able to avoid the reality that I'm affected by a racialized worldview and mm. how I even perceive black and wow. white. Yes, right. as right, an right, African-American right. person. Right. Yeah. And so my own attitudes uh, and how I understand justice or systemic injustice and these sorts of things is that I'm affected by the racist slaveholders ideology because it has mm. been transferred mm. onto the black and brown and yellow mm. body right. too, right? right? right. Mm. So then when I see injustice, how do I respond? Uh-huh. Am, I, am I inclined Amen. to be That's apathetic right. because I have a comfortable middle class life as a black mm. PhD teaching at an institution wow. that provides some privileges for me? Wow. Or am I moved mm. in my pathos right. to be stirred up to do my little small part, whatever that might be, mm. to work for gospel, what I like to call gospel-centered justice. Mm. Right. That might mean that I take a particular interest in a particular immigrant in my community. Yes. Uh, to whom I serve, but also from whom I learn. That might also mean Mm. I care about uh, the sick and the marginalized. I work in that Mm. uh, church-provided medical clinic to be an advocate for someone walking through the church, taking them to get their blood pressure checked, taking them to get their teeth worked on free of charge, provided by the church, as I'm sharing with them the gospel. And if I'm unwilling to commit to that Mm. on a Saturday afternoon for a couple of hours... Mm. yes. Because I'm too busy writing my monograph. Mm. Wrong. There's something wrong with my own heart. Yes, right. yes, yes. Right. So I want right. to think about That's what I need to be doing. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right, right, right. And 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 see if I am being compelled mm. by this holistic gospel. Right. And yeah. then and then as I'm doing that, also pointing out the the errors that are around me and the society in which I live. And so th- there needs to be some consistency, I think, mm. in my own heart. Right. Amen. And then how I work that out as I look at the broader cultural context. Does that make sense? That's yes. Right that makes a lot of sense. Sense. I think that's right on. Amen. I, I think that one of, the, one of the responsibilities that we have pastorally is that we have a responsibility to create, and this is called it, a climate of ethical thinking and feeling. So oh. as we preach and teach, what, what we want to do is to make sure that our people, we want to help them to see things and feel things in a certain way. Yes. And so uh, we recognize not everybody's going to go out and do work on behalf of immigrants. Some of course. Mm. Right. Yeah. Some mm. won't. Mm. But mm. when I see on my television, when I see immigrant families, in this particular case, say being broken up, mm-hmm. what do I feel? Mm-hmm. What is my mm-hmm. response? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think there is a sense in which I go back to the judgment for a moment that we will be judged, not just for what we do, but also for what we think. Right. Mm-hmm. Every idle word mm, mm. will be judged. Mm. Okay, and so I think what that means is that we want to try to create a climate where minds and hearts can be conformed to Christ. So yeah. that when I'm looking at the television screen and I'm seeing immigrants and how they're being treated by ICE, or we're talking about Syrians coming to this country, yeah. in that moment I don't sin. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to curse that. Yeah. I don't want to say here they are again. Mm. Mm. I don't want to hate. I want to feel even if even if all I do is to pray in that moment. Yes. Mm. Right. If mm. I just say, Lord, you see, I'm sitting here in my little old house. Mm. I can't. I'm weak, but what I can do is call on my God. Mm. Do I pray in that moment? Yes. Or do I curse right. or complain in that moment? Right. We've got people who will never do anything whose thoughts are just echoing up into like you know out into where God sees, who are cursing hearts or flame with hatred. Yeah. Right. And so we have got to think pastorally. We this is a part of our transformational work. We've got to through our preaching and teaching an example. Uh-huh. Yeah. We've got to show we may live here in Peoria, Illinois, but and maybe there's not many immigrants here, but when we see that, we need to pray for them, yeah. 
Lord, you see them. We heard from them. And yes, somebody will say, well, I'm going to drive to wherever. I'm going to serve them. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think we've got to shape, we got to carefully shape that thinking yeah. and attract mm-hmm. people in their inner disposition yeah. mm-hmm. to the needs and concerns uh, for others. Right. Yeah. That's beautiful, man. Right. That's a part of Christian discipleship, is what I hear you saying. Amen, brother. That's, uh, Amen. Yeah. That's, that's so helpful because I often feel guilty mm-hmm. for not being able. To, uh-huh. do, to do anything. Right. Yeah. And so the fundamental thing I can do when I see those images is pray. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Uh, and am I inscribing in my prayer journal specific requests for these children and these right. families who are being uh, separated? Or am I praying for uh, the homeless person in my neighborhood and looking Amen. for ways to serve when I can? Amen. Is that a part? Is that an integral part of my own Christian discipleship? And my church's uh, Christian discipleship Say that, is brother. very important. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Right. That's helpful, brother. Amen. That's yeah. good. Right. One of my um, favorite verses in, in the Bible is Isaiah 1, 17. Mm. Um, and uh, it reads, uh, it, it says, learn to do good. Cease to do evil. Mm-hmm. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Correct oppression. Bring just, justice to the fatherless. Plead the widow's cause. Right. Now, this text resonates with me. One is a I'm I'm some I I, I come from my, my background is is that I am an abandoned son, mm. um um from my biological father uh, and then uh you know the, the father's last name that I have same situation just say a disappearance and I always feel uh, that the gospel has brought healing to my heart and is continuing Amen. to do it as he gives me spiritual fathers and as I come into more realization how God is fathering me and cares about the fatherless. Uh, it's, 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 it's like the gospel for the hood in a lot of ways. Right. Um, and, uh, and not just the hood. I mean, you have fatherlessness across the board, but it really... It, the, the God's special concern for that issue and how he will step in uh, with his own presence. And then he would also bring people in his church in to meet that that really, really encourages me. Mm. Uh, it also means a lot to me because it is a crystal clear uh, directive uh, on the heart of God towards oppression and what I need to be thinking about. That I don't primarily need to concern myself with tweeting Mm. Tweeting is fine. Mm. With posting on uh, Facebook, which which is fine. Uh, uh, getting in debates with with people uh, around these things. Right. Uh, I, my primary concern is to be 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 correcting that which is oppressing and and right. p- people. God cares about that. Right. And I hold that near and dear. Now, for some people, this exists in the Old Testament and almost. The entire Old Testament is not held near and dear. You have Genesis 1, you got to use that to help share the gospel so people know where you're going. But then you jump all the way to the New Testament. You stay there. You may dabble in some Proverbs and some Psalms for devotional and wisdom reasons. But pretty much everything else seems in a lot of Christians' mind as uh, irrelevant. Mm -hmm. Now... As we talk about the, God's heart, because that's what, that's what I was taught. R.C. Sproul had helped me. Uh, uh, God bless him, and he's in glory now. He, I, I'm so grateful for him because he helped me when I used to feel that way. I was like, I love studying the New Testament. It makes sense. It's, it's, it seems cleaner to me. I don't have to read a bunch of weird stuff that I don't have context and stuff to... I love it. But he said that, that the, dis, the, the sort of dismissal of the Old Testament is a dismissal of the heart of God. One, this is all God's word. Mm, right. And two, you don't really have. Jesus came to reveal his father, to bring God to us and us to God. You don't have any better explanation and theology on the heart of the father like you have in the Old Testament. 
Testament. So you need that, not to mention the, the early church's uh, engagement with the Old Testament, things of that nature. But what would you say to those who are out there saying, we're in the new covenant, though, baby? This is, you know, better promises. All these things about justice and the way the people of God served, uh, worship Jesus. Uh, we think about Christopher Wright's book, yes. how one of the, the, the main way that Israel obeyed Jesus was through social justice. Uh, I mean, ob- obeyed God was through social uh, engagement, mm-hmm. how, they um, how they treated people, how they treated neighbors, things of that nature. What do you say to people to say, but I'm, that doesn't apply to us. Mm-hmm. Our thing is to share the gospel. I do that. And the other stuff is unnecessary. I'm not going to, as it as it goes, clean the outside of the fishbowl or, or, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, good. You want to tackle that first? Well, I'll, I'll real quick now. I'll pitch it over <laughs> to you. Um, I think that uh, what jumps out is First Corinthians 10. <clears throat> right. Uh, Paul says that these things are written down for us uh, so that we may not sin as they did. Wow. And so it's very clear hmm. that 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 this, as much as it is being stated to Israel, but look at this thing kind of in a redemptive kind of historical sense, it really is for us. And I think Paul says, as he talks about that being aimed at us, it's, it's aimed at those on whom the fulfillment of ages has come, mm. which means that the ultimate audience for this is us. Wow. Yes. And so as much as there is this kind of like this historical kind of contemporaneous statement from Isaiah to the people of God, right. the Spirit of God is looking through them and using them to launch a message to us. Mm-hmm. And so that's the real audience here. Right. And so I think I would say to them, receive God's word to you, because God's word says, New Testament says, you need to listen to this. Yeah. Uh, and so then the question for me then is, again, what is he saying to me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what I love about that Isaiah 1 passage is that it really is primarily a model for repentance. Wow. Mm. It's a model for repentance. Yes. And so if I look at what's being said there, I need to, as I see hurt and harm, Lord is saying, I don't want to jack you. Wow, wow, wow. I don't want to. I want you to stop doing what you're doing. I want you to start being concerned with the widow and those who are oppressed. You do that and all is good. Though your sins be like scarlet, they shall be as snow. I love it. And so he says that very simply, but then he says, if you don't, then I will jack you. I will yeah. Jack you. And so, so that, that, that's what he says. And so I think, I think that those of us who are in the church need to receive this, man. Right. It's, it's for us. Amen. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Thank you, Pastor. And the only thing I would add is, I mean, this is a good question, but it's a very complicated one. Law, yeah, yeah. gospel issues. Yes. And what happens with the law in light of Christ. Yeah. But it's my understanding, at least as I read Paul, for example, that what Paul thinks is abrogated. And you're a Paul, you are a Pauline scholar. My, my specialization is Paul. Yeah. yeah. What Paul seems to be advocating when he talks about the law, it, the age of the law is over, is that the Mosaic covenant as the badge or mm. the mark of the people of God, that that has now ended. Right. So that the people of God are marked off not by Torah observance, but by means of faith in Christ and the Spirit. So, right. Jew, so Jews who were Torah observant but not following Jesus in, in the new age in which Christ came, they would not be part of the people of God and right. Paul's conception of the people of God. So that you have a redefinition uh, of who the people of God are. They're Jews and Gentiles in Christ who have the spirit, who are trusting in the cross and the resurrection. Mm. So that then means that the system of the Mosaic Covenant doesn't mark you off as the people of God, but there are some 
continuous aspects of the old system that continue into the new age in Christ, such right. as loving your neighbor. Adultery was wrong in the Old Testament. It's wrong mm. in the New Testament. Jesus repeats that command, right? So then I boil it down to love mm. of neighbor. Mm. Uh-huh. You love neighbor, you fulfill the whole law. That's right from Torah in Leviticus, right? Right. right. Paul quotes that verse in Galatians chapter mm. 5, and he says, if you have love for your neighbor, you right. fulfill yep. the whole shebang. Uh, mm. yeah. All of it, right? Yeah. So what he's saying mm. is, I don't think, this is so important, mm. he doesn't say you do all of the law. Mm. He says you fulfill it. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So how do you fulfill it? You fulfill it by means of an in Christ, spirit-empowered love, because Christ has taken hold of the law mm-hmm. by the Spirit, and it's now written on our hearts, and we act out wow. that law on our hearts by Christian obedience, which yeah. we show in part by loving wow. each other. Wow. Yeah. wow. Amen. So no, I don't take sacrifices to church and kill them, because yeah. that's that's the old covenant. But I do take love with me everywhere yes. I go and express it. Right, right, right. Uh, as it pertains to my wife, my children, or my child, I only have one. But this is pure and undefiled religion. You take care of the orphans and the widows. Yes. Yeah. What's James talking about? A faith without works is dead, yes. right? You have faith with no works. You don't have faith. That's right. Genuine saving faith has obedience. Why? Because in this new age inaugurated by Christ, we don't keep Torah as the mark of the people of God. Mm. We follow Jesus and love one another. Here's yeah. First John. You don't have right. love. You don't know God. Right. Yeah. You yeah. say you love God. Uh, you say you know God. You don't have love. You are a liar. Wow, wow, wow. And the truth of God does not abide in you. Wow, wow, wow. So I boil it down to in Christ, spirit-empowered mm. love compels me to care about wow. the orphan and the widow. And I yeah. think those categories, by the way, are are representative of those who are marginalized. So not only the orphan and the widow, but the orphan and the widow and other groups of people who would be marginalized. Yes. Wow. Those are the, the categories that represent, I think, marginalization in the biblical world, the yeah. orphan and the widow. You see? Right. Yeah, that yeah, makes yeah. sense? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think it's, I mean, it's... Give us a final thought. Yeah, no, yeah. I was just saying yeah. that I think that it's, it's... I think that it all gets back to one of the one That's of the things way. that we were talking like me and KB were constantly saying when we were um, talking to some brothers about this is the, the, the fact that the matter is is this God's heart or is it not God's heart? Yeah. Right. Towards Amen. towards the, when when God is talking about loving neighbor, right? Um, and 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 when we're talking about justice yeah. and all of the things that God talks about, Old Testament, New Testament. I, I think about when you think about what the Old Testament says about justice, and you have people that try to, um, you know, just kind of have this bifurcation of it and say that it, it, it we, we, we no longer need the, the Old Testament anymore, need to take that serious because of the New Testament. But then you think about what, what Jesus says in Matthew 25, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You think about what James says in James chapter two about yeah. loving your neighbor and not only about, about loving your neighbor, but one of the ways that they were that loving, not loving your neighbor, one of the ways in which you were not loving your neighbor is by showing partiality, mm-hmm. right? And then then wow. the partiality was, oh, we, 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 I can use rich and poor, but then that, that undefiled religion is talking Talking about wow. the widow and the orphan, right? Yeah. New Testament. That's New Testament. That's New Testament, right? right? So when you see how it flows from Old Testament to New Testament, the aspect of love and justice, and 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 um, and when you're talking about partiality, all of those things flow from Old Testament to New. Yeah. And I and 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 then I think about mm-hmm. Old Testament when I think about Christopher Wright. I think about um, when Jesus is is, is telling the children of Israel how he wants to teach, how he wants uh, them to treat their neighbors and love their neighbors and treat uh, foreigners and how. God 
God is is showing them that this is what the people of God needs to look like, yeah, right? Yeah, I, wow. I want you guys to be marked wow. by looking a certain way yeah. on your way to the promised land, yeah. in the promised land. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and for me, that's foreshadowing wow. how Israel's supposed to look in the kingdom, yeah. right? Yeah. So how you guys are going to look here in this promised land and the kind of people that I'm trying to create here mm. is the kind of people that I want overall. And that's who I'm having uh, my children be, even in the eschaton. That's the kind that's of people great. that you need to be. Wow. So I think that it, for me, it just it's the heart of God. That's right. And that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does God feel like this? Yeah. Is this God's heart? And if it's God's heart, it should be your heart. And if it's not mm-hmm. your heart, then there's a problem. Yes. Yes. There's yes. a disconnect. Yes. There, yes. And, and I think that Jesus gets at that, even in Matthew 25. This is, this is what I'm going to be looking for, people that did these things. And he's implying if you don't do these things, mm-hmm. there's an that's issue. There's, there's, there's a theological urgency to what he's saying. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that we see that all throughout Scripture. So, yeah. but, and I think that you guys have communicated that here as well. Um, but yeah, man, I just I thank you guys for being here, yes, man. man. I thank you. Have one more yeah, word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have one more word. Oh please, yeah, go please. ahead, please, and, please, please. And yes and amen. Yeah. To what this brother said, but it's always helpful to mm. clarify for the for the haters. This is not justification by works. This is yes. not us trying to earn amen. our amen. salvation. No. This amen. is us living out what God has done for us in Christ. Yes. This is so very very important mm. that our Christian obedience is not the foundation upon which we are justified. Amen. Yes. Amen. Amen. Not the foundation. Amen. Right. But our works are necessary for final salvation. Amen. Amen. By which I Amen. mean, we will be <laughs> saved if we persevere until the end, right? Yeah. 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 And now we will persevere because we're, we're, we're five-point Calvinists. Yes, baby. Right? Yes, yes, I can yes, say yes. that on the yes, deal. Right? We are can. performed yes. theologically. God predestines. And yes. Jesus dies for those uh, whom God predestined. And the gospel is preached and proclaimed, and the, and the elect hear it, and they respond in he faith. Has us. Amen. Yeah. And we are transformed by the power of the Spirit. But because God has done all of that, we will obey as God enables us to obey, wow. and without that obedience, we will not see the Lord. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord, Hebrews yes, tells yes, us. Yes, so it's yes, important yes. To that. And also in James, yes. it's the marginalized oppressing the marginalized, right? Yeah, mm. yes it is. So that, so that those of us who are marginalizing to hear this word mm-hmm. is that we can take on the majority cultural posture, whatever that majority culture might be, rich, poverty, yes, yes. and begin to treat those who are marginalized uh, even more marginalized because we want as marginalized people to inherit some kind of privilege from yep. those who have power. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And there's yep. a warning here, huh. right? The warning is if you do that, wow. you might not inherit the kingdom of God. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yes. Not because we got to earn it to be saved, exactly. but because if we are in the kingdom, we act like it. That's yes. what it looks like. Good. Amen. Implications. Amen. 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 This has been amazing. I have also been so encouraged by how much gospel is here. And if you are out there and you're watching this and you're just intrigued by the conversation, this gospel we're talking about is real. Yes. Grab it. Believe on it mm. and see it wreck your life into uh, a, a whole new mm. kingdom, a whole new world, uh, and into the fellowship. God bless you guys. This has been Native Speaks, Pastor Daryl. Dr. Jarvis. Doctor. <laughs> be faithful, be humble, be a native. Peace. Yes.